coffee and your Bible. January 25th in the year of our Lord 2023 and this is Daybreak Live with the Mesmers. Yes. And Mac and Josh. Well, Mac, Mac and, and Mac. Josh. <laughs> exactly like Mac, and Mac is yeah. back. But he's not in the camera. But you'll see him, I'm sure. There he is. Boom. <laughs> such a good song. We really need to get the rights. I mean, just say, hey, can we record that song? I think they'd let us. Charles, was there anything you'd like to say before I get in the book? Well, thank the Lord for a safe trip, both there and back, and I got out ahead of the snow. Well, I'm in on the camera, but okay, good deal. <laughs> he got to Missouri and he got back. They said a big snowfall was coming, something like what did you say, like 12 inches? Yeah, it, from 8 to 12 inches is what they were predicting. 8 to 12 inches. I don't know if I've ever seen 12 inches of snow here in Tennessee. Have we? 
All right, well, praise the Lord. This is Daybreak, and what is Daybreak? Well, it's a Bible study. It's Tuesday through Friday. Now, it used to be Monday through Friday, and I kind of wish it still was, but the reality is, is we serve the Lord all weekend as well, and we never do have a day off, so we moved to Tuesday to Friday. Uh, because I don't have a Saturday or Sunday off, we have church on Saturday, we have church on Sunday. So, praise God for that. That's not a complaint. I praise Jesus for that. But that's why it's Tuesday through Friday, just so you know. And we want to thank you for being here. And as I said yesterday, if you've got a, a message, a question, something that you want me to cover, we are coming to the end of the book now, the end of the book of Revelation. And if there's something you'd like me to cover, send me a text. Also, send me a text. Also, what would you like for us to go through? What book would you like for us to go through? Now, I'm praying about it, but I've only had one suggestion so far that I have found, or at least I only got one text message. So, anyway, what book would you like to go through? And uh, just let me know. Anyway, let me get that back off there. I appreciate you being here this morning. And I love you guys and appreciate it very much. We are in Revelation. We are in chapter 22, and we're going to start from where we left off yesterday with verse 7. Verse 7, we're going to pick up with today. All right, here we go. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now, what it appears to be, is that we get to some of these sections, and this is going to happen again here in just a moment. And the angel is speaking for the Lord Jesus. Now, this confuses John, and we'll see that he kind of bows down to worship, and he's like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. I'm not him. I'm just his messenger. I'm just his angel. And so it's, it's, a, it's a pretty amazing thing, really. So I noticed that it's in red in my in my Bible it's in red and probably in yours it's in red. But if you notice verse eight, now I John saw and heard these things, and when I saw, heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. The amazing thing is, I mean John John knows his stuff. I mean he he's not like a an immature Christian. I mean, this is John the Apostle the one whom Jesus loved, you know. And yet he is so overwhelmed in the presence of this angel that he falls down before the feet of the angel to worship. That's how majestic this revelation is to him. And he falls down to worship and the angel says, verse 9, then the angel said to me, see that you do not do that. For I am your fellow servant, I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. I also keep the words of this book. I'm of your brethren, the prophets. Still doesn't name him, doesn't give us a name, but he's like, I'm not him. I'm just speaking for him to you. We also talked about yesterday, and I, I, I want to be sure that we at least say this twice. How do we keep the words of the prophecy of this book? We keep the words, okay, by obeying, saying, and praying. It's a good way to remember it. Obeying, 
First, we obey the words of the prophecy of this book. We listen to what it says. We let it affect our heart, and we let it change our life. Do you know reading the Bible is no good if you're not reading it so that your life can be changed and you can adjust your life to it? It's, it's good to read the Bible, but what I'm saying is if a person reads the Holy Scripture and then you don't act, if we don't act upon what we read, you know what that's going to do? It's going to bring more discipline and judgment upon us. Is it not? Because it's not like you don't know. So there's, there's a difference in not knowing and then knowing and not doing. There's a difference in that. You know, the Lord... Uh, the Lord told us this in a parable. He said, those who knew to do their Lord's will and did it not will be beaten with many stripes. But they that did not know the Lord's will but did things contrary will be beaten with few stripes. This is the teachings of the Lord. And so we know this reality. So now now let's, let's put this in its proper perspective. You don't have a Bible. You don't have a lot of revelation, you don't know. What this doesn't mean, what this doesn't mean is, okay, I don't want to read the Bible because I don't want to know. That's not going to work. You live in America and you have the Bible, you know, you've got the Bible in so many translations it'll just make your head spin. You can read the Word of God. Yeah, go ahead. If you know enough, <laughs> no, you don't want to be accountable, you already You already are accountable. And that's the point. You live in a society where you've went to school, you've been taught language, you, you can read, and now God has a book for you to read, and now if you don't read it, you say, well, I, don't, I ain't going to read it because I don't want to know what it says. If I don't know what it says, I'm not going to be accountable. That ain't, is not going to fly. I promise you, that's not going to fly, okay? But what we're talking about is places like where I came, where we just came from last week in Honduras. There's, there's tribes, there's villages there where we go. We take the word of God. Well, when we take the word of God, guess what? A lot of the people can't read, okay? But God knows how to appropriate it according to what we know and what we're able to understand. And God is just. He's the faithful and true witness. Anyway, by obeying the words of the prophecy, by saying the words of the prophecy... We are told these things so that we can tell our children and our children's children and our children's children's children so that from the time John writes it until the time of the end, the prophecies of this book will go out. They're, we're going to find out they're not sealed. They're supposed to be known and read. And this is the one book of the Bible, even among people that read the Bible. This is the one book that people tell me the least they read. Did you know that? They're like, I don't read Revelation. I can't understand nothing that's in it. And yet it's well, the only one specific <laughs> Bible that is guaranteed a blessing if you read it. Blessing if you read it. And we can read it. What it is is we overcomplicate it. You know, it's signs and simple symbols. And like I've shared with you, Revelation, much of it, if you can just receive this, what do we do? What do we do when we're writing a book for a younger people? Let's say kindergarten. So if, so if I get out a book that I'm going to read to my six-year-old granddaughter, grandson, and if I get out that book and I read it, what is it going to be the, like, uh, like a college book? No. It's going to have pictures, right? The pictures are going to help tell the story. 
This is what the book of Revelation is like. He gave pictures, and he describes in these pictures to give you a vivid, uh, give us a, a picture. It's like to draw a picture in our mind so that we can see what we're reading. And he gives it to us so that we can understand it. It is men, it is, it's men that overcomplicate these things because we want to read it and go, well, I, I don't know what that means. Well, just what if it means what it says? And that's the structure that we have studied the book of Revelation in, that it means what it says, and uh, that's, that's what we've done. And so say the book, pray, obey the book, pray the book, uh, obey the book, say the book, and pray the book. You know, so we will pray these prayers that's in here. Anyway, let's move on. I didn't mean to take so long there. It was kind of a side note. So I, where, where are we at? We're in verse 9. See that you do it not. I'm your fellow servant, your brethren, the prophets, of those who keep the words of this book. He's like, I also keep the words of this book. And then he says again, worship God. Worship God. Don't worship man. Don't worship preachers. Don't worship denominations. Don't worship churches. Don't worship angels. Worship God. Can I get an amen? amen? Verse 10. And he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Wow. Wait a minute. All right. Let me turn back to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel, chapter 12, verse 9. He says to Daniel, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white, and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly. None of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. So Daniel's given a prophecy, and he is told, the words of this prophecy are closed. They're sealed to the time of the end. That's why the book of Daniel will not be rightly understood until it's understood in the context of the time of the end because that's what it's written for. The book of Daniel goes hand in hand with the book of Revelation because the book of Revelation is about the time of the end. You say, but Brother Scott, you said that he wrote this about 95 AD. Amen. We've been in the time of the end since 95 AD. And as I have shared with you, this is the way I see the book of Revelation. You don't have to see it this way, but this is how I see it. I see the book of Revelation as a spiritual picture of the war that is always going on that we live in all around the world. The troubles we face, the antichrist systems that we battle, and it describes that spiritually from that time until the end. At the end time, at the very end time, I believe the book will literally unfold, just as it's written out. And that all of these antichrists, at the time of the end, will become an antichrist, the antichrist. Just like John says, there are now many antichrists in his life. There's many antichrists. However, the system of antichrist, the heart of antichrist, the rebellion of antichrist has been in the world since the days of John. I mean, would you agree to that? Yeah. That spirit has been there. We know that. We can prove that biblically. And there's also the, the, the spirit of God that's been in the world since then. And so there's been this battle 
in this age that we live in, and, and mostly we live in what I call the age of the church. The, we live in this time where whosoever will, whosoever will can come. As we preach the word, when we go to Honduras, you can reject, you can come. In our communities here in Smith County, Tennessee, people can, it doesn't matter how they've lived, if they will repent and turn, God will save them, right? If they will turn from their sins, receive Jesus, God will save them, okay? But a time is coming called the time of the end, okay? And the words of the prophecy of this book are not sealed. And in the time of the end, because I said all that because of the next verse. Let's look at the next verse. Verse 11. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He, uh, he who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. The point of verse 11 is, Whatever it is now, at this what we call the time of the end, you're sealed in that position. In other words, the person that takes the mark of the beast in the, in the great tribulation, the ones who receive the mark of the beast, they can't like do away with the mark of the beast. They are utterly depraved. They don't want to do away with the mark of the beast. They are at, at, at enmity against God and against his Christ. Does that make sense? So whoever is unjust, he's unjust still. So the book of Revelation is open in the sense of spiritually, it describes a spiritual battle that is going on and will culminate in a final time when seals and trumpets, uh, seals and trumpets and bowls are opened or blown and take place, what we call the time of the end, the great tribulation. And at that time, as I said, we pray the prayers of this book. Then we pray prayers against the enemy, just like in here. There's times you can pray prayers against the enemy, right? But we're commanded right now, love our enemies. Why do we love our enemies? Maybe they will repent. There's many people that's been enemies of God. And then in their 70s, they repent. In their 50s, they repent, right? And so that's the time. We're in a time we say grace now. Anyway, do you have something you want to say? Well, yeah, what you mentioned there about the, those who have uh, the Bible, those who have the Word of God with them, but they refuse to, you know, I, I don't understand that, so I'm not going to read it. Uh, Romans uh, 1, 18 says, For the wrath of God is re revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in, in unrighteousness. Amen. Amen. Hold the truth. So the very fact that you have a Bible, and what Brother Charles is saying, elevates your responsibility before God because now you can know you choose not to know. And this is one of the reasons that, uh, that you know, I encourage people to read their Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. Every church that I pastor, read your Bible, read your Bible. You know, get in the Word of God. You can't get it all from sermons. You cannot. You can't, you need more than what you can get from sermons. Please hear me. You need more of God, more understanding of his word. You can't get that by a 30-minute sermon once a week. You cannot do it. You need more than that. And many times in the sermon, you're going to hear a lot of repeating things. Now, I will say that if you, if you happen to go to one of the churches where they go through a book at a time, you will get more. You know, if you have a Sunday morning, then a Sunday night, and then a Wednesday night, and you're going through the same book, 
you know, then you're going to get more than others will. But for a lot of people, and they only go on Sunday morning, and you go to Sunday school, and then you go Sunday morning and you hear a sermon, many times you're going to hear a lot of the same things. And you need to know, I mean, he, he wrote quite a, quite a lot for us to have. So I think that's very important. So, he who is holy, let him be holy still. And what he's talking about by the end, and remember when we were studying the trumpets, some there are times when people can still repent, even in the tribulation, but then there comes a time when there, there's no more. There's no more. And then verse 12, what time is it? I was yeah. thinking about, that made me think about in Ecclesiastes when it says, where the tree falls, yes. there it shall lay. Mm. Once that's it, once it's cut off, Amen. It's, it's cut, it's down, it's Good word, baby. And you know, and I've preached a lot from that verse in Ecclesiastes. I've used that a lot. And here's what that means for us. You have time while there's breath in your body to draw close to God and get to know Him better. But if you refuse that, when that tree falls, when death comes to you, you don't have any more chance. I don't read anywhere in Scripture. There is no purgatory. I didn't mean to say that so strong, but it, I kind of did too. There's no such thing. This, that's an invention of men to try to say, well, maybe I give us some money. Church, you know, church, church, churches through history of 2,000 years, churches can come up with schemes to get more money, right? And it's one of those things that were invented. In my mind, it was invented by men. I, I know when it popped up in history, and it's like, well, you know, well, maybe there's this place, and it's kind of intermediate, and if you pay money, it can lessen their time in purgatory. That is totally, totally man-made. That is nowhere in Scripture. That is something that some men come up with. Uh, I've never seen it anywhere in Scripture. Brother Charles, have you ever seen that no. anywhere in Scripture? No. No. Or even a Scripture hints at it. There's no purgatory. Where the tree falls, like Lisa said, if it falls toward hell, that's your home. If it falls toward heaven, that's your home. And then you will be uh, judged according to those things that are done to the body, uh, done in the body, Jesus says. And that'll be your rewards or, or not rewards. Let's go ahead and read verse 12, and then we'll pick up with verse 12 tomorrow. I thought we'd get further in this, but we didn't. Verse 12, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. You're not saved by works, but you're rewarded by works. Let me say that again. You're not saved by works because you can't work a work that can get you saved. We are saved by the grace of God because nobody's good enough. But as born-again children of God, we are his children. And we are supposed to live our life for the kingdom. We're supposed to live our life not to see what we can get here, but for the kingdom. That's why we live our life. And God will reward everyone according to his work. And then he says, verse 13, and I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. We'll take up with 12 again starting tomorrow. That's talking about the seventh trumpet. That's when he comes to reward the saints, by the way, in the timeline. All right. Well, I love you, saints. I hope God has blessed you. I hope that uh, I hope that this speaks to you and it helps you out in your day-to-day -day walk with the Lord. You know, the longer we live, 
the, the closer we're getting to standing in front of our king. And we know that. It doesn't matter what we're age we're if you're like me in my mid-50s or in your 70s, it doesn't matter. If we're still here, we know we're a day closer to meeting our king. We're a day closer to standing before his brilliant face and Good give part. an account for what Good we have done. What's Philip say? He says, hearing sermons should be used as a supplement, not the main course, so to speak. As mature believers, we have to learn to feed ourselves. We should be feeding others daily. If I only ate physical food two times a week, I'd eventually starve to death. Amen. If I think spiritually, if we only get fed twice a week, we'll spiritually starve. Amen. Amen. And I put it on the screen where you could read it as she was reading it to you. Thank you, Brother Philip Scott. That's a good word. Nadim wants prayer for his uh, sister and brother in the hospital in Pakistan. Right. So we're we're going to pray for Nadim's brother and uh, sister in Pakistan. Uh, They're they're in the hospital for third-degree burns, uh, fire burns, okay? So we're going to lift them up right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up the brother and sister in Pakistan that are burnt. And, Lord, we ask you for a mighty grace, for a blessing, for your help, for your touch, that you will reach down and touch this brother and this sister. In the name of Jesus, Lord, send your healing, mighty power to them and bring them through this according to your great grace and mercy in Jesus' name. All right, let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen all right Love you, saints. Thank you for being here. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. Whichever place you're watching this, uh, we'll be right, we'll be back here in the morning, seven o'clock. Tonight's first youth night at the upper room. For anybody listening, that's going to be part of that. It'll be six o'clock at the upper room. If you need to know how to get there, give us a call or a text, and we'll get you there. Bye, brothers and sisters. All right.